All right, good morning. So I have a real treat for you today. I actually have two podcasts that I recorded. So I did a hour-long podcast that I thought I lost it. So then I um, I redid a 15-minute, 20-minute summary. But then I found out that it was just my network was down. So now I have two podcasts. So you get double the flavor. I'm going to put the summary first so that uh, if you're interested in hearing me blather more, you can listen to the second section. Oh my God. I literally lost an hour of recording. Okay. Damn, damn, damn. Well, I'm going to use the audio recorder from now on and not use the uh, Anchor FM. Okay, guys. And I was on such a nice roll. So let's hope I can reproduce that even better this time. Good morning, and welcome to my podcast. This is your host, Hacker Mike, coming at you from the heart of New Jersey, a place called Trenton, which was at one point slated to be the capital of the United States. And it's a great example of what can happen to your property values, to your million dollar mansions when crime takes over. So, let's start with my idea. I'm gonna give it to you straight up because I just wasted a whole hour and I lost my recording. So I propose that we start out with a peer-to-peer distributed system. Let's just say we use um, existing systems. So we have we have um, the uh, key base for a way of verifying identities and signing things. We have Git for a way of transferring files. We have a Raspberry Pi for running things. We have groups of people who don't get along And we want to celebrate our differences. So if I am interested in a certain topic and I want to fund that with my group of friends or people of like mind, then we can pool our resources together and create a network using open source technology 
to fund the podcast indexing and distribution. So it can go all the way to the streaming of audio in real time to people in a peer-to-peer manner, and that works. Podcall is an app. just needs a rendezvous server. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to scale or not. But what I'm saying is that if you have enough people running enough Raspberry Pis, you could pair those with people on phones who want to hear some file being streamed in the end. And all of these transactions can be written to a ledger, like who ran what server, who served what file, who listened to what, and at the end of the month you can do a settlement on the ledger, and you could say, well, this person served high quality audio to you, and needs to pay the power. And this person has some money to support the cause. And then we can enter into some kind of settlement. And that the tagging of things is just another transaction. Subscribing is a transaction. Like all of these things are are statements on the ledger. And of course, we could use a blockchain as well. I'm not saying we have to use Git. But um, we could have basically a peer-to-peer type uh, blockchain type situation going for the uh, storage of tags, subscriptions, podcast metadata, even podcasts and people could request podcasts on different topics through the tagging system saying they're interested in this topic and then someone could say I'm fulfilling that topic and that's a transaction that could be settled they could say well yes that was great that's exactly what I needed or not Um, someone else could say hey I'm interested in selling this product and um, it fits this market these needs and someone else could say hey I I want that I'm interested in products that fit those needs or I'm willing to listen to advertising um, and earn coins let's say for things that fit my needs And then that's another transaction. So we can actually have a voluntary transaction system for people who are willing to listen to marketing um, on certain topics. Because if you listen to like tech podcasts, a lot of it is just marketing on certain topics and you're kind of locked in there. They're talking about this and talking about that. So, yeah. So, Steam. Steamit.io was a pretty cool idea where you could earn money by likes. 
course it wasn't perfect. And um, I'm saying, on bicycle tires, I'm saying that you do have some kind of moderation already. Um, this podcast index, you are doing filtering. You do have a purpose. And that uh, small groups can work together on different topics. You know, the religious people can get together and put together their cluster for sermons. But I don't have to support that. I'm interested in my geek topic over here, and maybe I can find other people who are interested who want to fund my network. So instead of trying to create the universal thing right now, we can create smaller networks of interest that will index and update those podcasts. And then the global goal of a universal index is basically the federation on top of that, where as a side effect, they're exporting or providing search for that topic. There's this Yacy search. It's a uh, peer-to-peer search engine that could be running on those nodes, and you could hit one of them. So I think um, Kubernetes could be, if it's not already done, could be worked out so to run containers in a distributed environment. Well, at least this just could be pods, some kind of redundancy, like a miniature Kubernetes to run the workload, but a voluntary one. So yeah, I think there's some uh, <clears throat> some interesting things here. And then the settlement layer, as I was saying, let's say I have a silver coin and I vouch that into the system and say I'm donating that. I don't have to deliver it yet. And let's say after settlement, we determine that this person has earned that coin. So then I could ship it to him. Never has to go to a bank. Like we don't need to send money to banks. Let's say I'm growing tomatoes and someone else needs those tomatoes. I can send them those tomatoes. Or we have a distributor system. That's what I was doing with the curb crate idea where I'll send a box of tomatoes to a distributor who will then send it to people in an area. So yeah, these are some of the ideas that I've been having. And um, I say forget about assigning tags. I agree, don't assign tags global, but I think that people can pay for tags. Like, tagging operation is something you pay for on the network. You're like, like a name coin. Like a small transaction fee. And um, <clears throat> you pay for the tag. And um, in your network and other people could dispute that tag but not really delete it they could vote it up or down maybe um, 
I mean, we have to get into this whole quality issue and uh, value issue. Like if someone is trolling, but they're going to be paying to troll, okay? So in order to troll the tagging system, you're going to have to pay to play. So you got to be really dedicated um, to do that. And that money is going to go into the pool or just trust coins, right? Uh, and I guess you could get defunded in trust if people start to dispute your tags. But that also gets into the perspective because the leftists will defund the conservatives, let's call them, or the alt-right or whatever. So if it's if they perceive you as a enemy of the communist state, they won't come to an agreement with you. And that's where they get their own server. And we celebrate their difference in the federated way. Yeah, so all tags are relative to the camp that they're in. Okay, so there we get, we've solved the issue of semantics being a tribal communication thing. <clears throat> and not a global value. I mean, the OpenStreetMap has come up with an open tagging system, and everyone who's an editor can edit the tags on something. And they have a tag wiki. And it eventually reaches some consistency, so that's kind of interesting. But that's a centralized system. So yeah. That's, those are some of my thoughts. Um, damn, I wish I, uh, I didn't lose that episode. But what the hey? Let's just make sure that this is recording. Yeah, it looks like it is. 13 minutes. <clears throat> okay, well, I'll just go into some of my ideas on Ansible real quick. And um, re reproducible. So basically, um, containers are a great way to uh, package up your code. Ansible is a great way to automate the glue. Shell scripts are fine, but kind of clunky. And I think defining the right mix of these things is important because Ansible in the end will generate shell scripts for commands to be run. And those commands can be the ones that run inside the container. So currently it's not really supported. But you can just imagine that instead of running Ansible, you would have Ansible transform its steps to run inside the container. Um, and each one would be a step in the Docker file. So running commit, be able to restart um, after that step is done. So that's kind of what my vision is also for Lambdas. Like... 
you can package up your code. In the end, I want to be able to package up code, an Ansible playbook, and turn it into a Lambda function, or a container, or whatever, for execution. And then, um, Nginx configuration that can be all templated and all that stuff. There's different ways to do it with Helm charts as well. Like you don't need Ansible. Helm has its own templating language and Go. Pretty clunky though. But it's possible. People are doing it. Um, and I'm not sure that you need the full-fledged Kubernetes like wait just to run a server, a lightweight server. And I've been looking at the ECS, which allows you to spin up instances on spot. You can make your spot cluster in your auto-scaling group. So that's pretty lightweight. I mean, <clears throat> as I said, I'm not sure we actually need Kubernetes. And I'm not sure we actually need Docker because if you just spin up a node, and you bake an image, and you configure everything perfectly, like why do you need that overhead? Why do you need all this management if you can just run exactly what you want to run on that node? So those are some things to consider, but definitely want to have it all orchestrated and um, automated. So that's kind of where my head is. <clears throat> yep, I hope that you guys enjoy this uh, short podcast. And I'm sorry that I lost that whole hour of me talking. But uh, it's a good therapy session. And i got to be more careful when I uh, do a recording to make sure that I check it. Yeah, it's pretty cold out today, and um, I'm wearing my sweatshirt for the first time, and I brought gloves, I have an insulated coffee cup instead of the metal coffee cup, so my hand won't freeze. Alright, well I'm going to send this out to the, to the boys and girls and peoples in the podcast 2.0 world and uh, maybe I'll get on to some other topics on my own podcast so have a great day oh wow well it looks like it looks like I might have saved some of that recording of the original so I'll just tack it on to the end and um, yeah it looks like my network dropped out my, my uh, T-Mobile network dropped out. They've been having issues uh, recently, I think. On my phone, something had an issue. T-Mobile network dropped out. It was at zero bars. I had to bounce the network. Now I got reconnected four bars. And then um, looks like I'm able to upload my uh, upload my stuff. Uh, it was stuck in the um, Anchor FM uploader. But it looks like they might have captured the uh, audio. 
so that's good so fingers crossed we might have a separate <laughs> we might have part of that file that uh, seemed to have gotten lost I'll just tack it on the end we'll see see what's up and um, yeah world is weird technology is weird but I'm gonna use the audio recorder from now on to record my uh, my shit because I don't want to uh, risk risk that again good morning America hello world it's 4 14 in the morning on a cold fall morning Mars is straight above me the sky is clear and I'm all bundled up for the first cold walk of the year got gloves on today and a sweatshirt and I'm using a uh, reused recycled paper cup so that it will not freeze my hand off because yesterday I had that metal cup and it got quite cold so I think an insulated cup will keep my hand warmer and the glove as well I've been trying not to uh, <clears throat> skip episodes or throwaway material save every bit but I can tell you yesterday's ramble wasn't good show material even for my standards when I get completely lost in the mind stuck in the labyrinth of the compute cannot break out I don't need you my listener to hear me wandering through the, the caves because it doesn't make for good entertainment no the self-therapy value of course is there when I'm talking to myself but um, yeah let's start off with some podcasting 2.0 thoughts for today I see Dave has been interacting with me so thank you Dave I enjoy listening to your show with Adam and I'll give you some of my perspective so there was a discussion of semantic search on the uh, Mastodon and I was tempted to respond but um, semantic search is not an easy problem and I see you guys have a lot of data and as I mentioned before unless we're capturing more metadata 
let's say, structured information about the um, episodes. And until we get some kind of tagging or even meaning structure, like what exactly is meaning? Right? This gets into all these open issues. <clears throat> and, um, we were just talking about yesterday, like, how would I even find all the uh, tech podcasts, right? Like, how would I find all the tech podcasts that I want to listen to, right? And let's say all the computing ones, right? Not necessarily anything political or philosophical or mathematical or geeky topics, but let's just say I want to keep up to date on, you know, computing, security, cloud, all that fun stuff. Well, I suppose if I um, were to start by saying, oh, I'm interested in these podcasts, which I know, I want to find similar ones. That I could look ones that have overlaps in words. But uh, where are those words going to come from? Like the self-descriptions? What if they're in French? Well, I'm not going to listen to French. <clears throat> so, now what if I want to say... I want to listen to all the podcasts, but I don't want to hear any Mac fanboys, right? Um, I want to eliminate ones that are just annoying tech and ones that are full of ads. Like, who is going to self-describe themselves as full of ads and being annoying tech, right? Those are like value judgments. I mean... Sorry, I'm walking right now, so... And it's cold. Crickets have died down, you can tell. <clears throat> oh, this good coffee. So, let me tell you about my coffee. I got this, um... Colombian beans that I got off of Amazon, I got about 10 bags of them, because when COVID started, I just had them deliver four bags a month, just in case. I mean, the world could be going to hell, but we need to have our coffee, right? And then I have a nice grinder, burrless, burr, burr grinder. And then um, I've got a Krups old school Winchester type um, espresso machine where you screw off the top and you pour boiling, well, I pour boiling water in to make it faster. And we got the uh, Zoe Rucci 
boiler that boils the water, keeps it hot. And then we got the um, five-stage reverse osmosis filter that spits out nice water. That goes in the boiler and gets boiled. And then I just push a button and hot water comes out. I fill up my chesbe, my little metal thing. I screw off the top of the machine. Kick on the grinder. Pour hot water in. When the coffee's ground, I take it out. I tap it into the... Uh, first I remove the coffee grinds from the old cup. And then... Um, it's got this little metal cartridge. Knock out the coffee grinds into the chicken container. Because I feed my chickens coffee grinds with their food so they're more uh, high speed. You know, I gotta give them their espresso, those chickens, into our compost. And then um, fill it up all the way. I got a little espresso packer. I pack that in. And it's basically four shots or six shots of espresso. <clears throat> Super strong. And it tastes great. That's how I start my morning. That's the fuel of the podcast. <clears throat> and I love my setup. And um, that's why I prefer working from home. Because the coffee's better. And the internet's fast. Now my foot was acting up, a little sore, but it's getting better, and um, yeah, so we're going to get into the semantics of the uh, podcasting a little bit, but um, as I was saying, We could do text-to-speech, and uh, you're saying that Apple's doing that for some podcasts. I mean, text-to-speech is expensive. Speech-to-text, that is. Like voice recognition. It's expensive and error-prone, okay? It uses up lots of... Uh, uses up lots of CPU. Burns a lot of energy. And... Um, as I said, you have to train it. Now, I suppose I could be doing it right now as I record. I started using, um, I have a whole setup and I blogged about it. Well, I have a pull request that's been merged into the deep speech examples repository where I document all the steps to get it running on Windows and yes I use Windows for my uh, I got this new laptop and I left Windows on it even though for the past 20 years I first thing I would do is uninstall Windows and put Linux on there but now Windows is so much like Linux and I have Docker, and I have WSL2 running. 
so that I even just left windows on there. Can you believe that? Me leaving windows on a machine. But I guess uh, <clears throat> times change and so do people. And my son likes to play Fortnite. Can you believe that? Me letting my son play Fortnite. But there's something more important than being a radical, free software, crazy person. It's also having fun. And finding a good compromise in life. And he's learning important skills on Fortnite. Like teamwork. Setting goals and working together. And So, anyway, I digress. Hey, but this is my podcast. And I am going to talk about the podcasting 2.0, but I'm just giving a little background on my life because I'm going to direct this podcast episode for the podcasting 2.0 community. Um, and I kind of tell you a little bit of my story. And I had this job interview the other week. And the guy was a real douchebag. And it's like, oh, I just want bullet points from you. I don't want the narrative. And then I started to give him the narrative and he basically hung up on me. It's like, I don't have time for this. I want to be respectful of your time. Blah, blah, blah. And he just ended the interview. Because I wasn't giving him the bullet points he wants. I was giving him the narrative. Well, you can always fast forward over my narrative. So, if we had machine learning, deep speech, we could definitely try and recognize some words. And if we recognize some words, we could try and recognize some segments. And if we recognize some segments, we could try and characterize them. and find similar segments. And other shows. So, I think finding similar things might be more um, effective on a search algorithm. Now, as I was talking about before, if we could have people clip shows as a listener and share tags or even tag them while recording, I'm saying the author or users could generate some extra metadata as well as machines for episode sections. We talked all about that. I mean, we briefly talked about it. We didn't all about it. Briefly went over it. Um, but even if we just took the podcast description, we took the episode descriptions or titles, Instead of 30 gigabytes of data, it's still a lot of data. Now, 
I do have some keywords in my episodes like Ansible and stuff like that and DevOps and I suppose if you had good names and good tags you could find other episodes like it and I do use that podcast search to try and find things and it's really bad especially like I use the um I use the um, antenna pod player. Now it will search the Apple index for podcasts, but it won't find episodes that way. So I have to subscribe to the podcast in order to download the episodes, and then it stores that locally. It creates a huge database, which is super slow. It's a horrible, I mean, antenna pod is a great open source player, but it runs horribly when you load you know like thousands of podcasts into it it just turns it just crawls you can hardly use it so we're really going to have to get into the philosophy of language and the philosophy of meaning right and i applaud your idea to avoid tags or um you know having a a strict structure. So, OpenStreetMap has a great tagging system where they allow users, editors, to tag anything. And the tags just emerge. So, what if I could tag the podcast and say, hey, this one is full of ads or Silicon Valley douchebags? or leftist snowflakes and um, other users could remove that I guess we could get into an edit war right but on a blockchain type situation um, let's just say that I purchase some tokens and with those tokens I can pay for my tags right and someone else could pay to dispute my tag but they can't delete it right um, and if you were to pay in coins for edits that would be one anti-spam issue and it would support the project pay to play like namecoin so that's one idea But the other idea is
I mean, if you have all of these sermons, right? Like, I'm never, ever going to listen to a sermon. And I really don't care about... Well, no. Let's not say I'm never, ever. Let's say at one point I might get interested in religion. And I want to start researching for sermons on a certain topic. Then I would want to go to that index for sermons. But why does it have to be commingled with the index? Like, can't we just partition the graph? Can't we partition the database? And say we've got tech podcasts, and we've got religious podcasts. Um... Well, my whole idea originally was that people would pay for transcription services if they could find enough people who were interested in that transcription. So you share the cost. You know, and you could share the cost of hosting and CPU and all that. Kind of like a Patreon type situation. And, um, well, maybe you're interested in Baptist Christian shows and you want to share the cost of indexing them. Well, you're not interested in them, and you don't want to share that cost. So, I might be willing to share the cost of things that I'm interested in. And maybe other people would be wanting to do that too. So... Now, the, the difference between a player and an index, eventually, well, what if we could get the, um, the system would archive episodes to archive.org and put each episode as an entry with the text, if we have any. You can have all types of entries in archive.org. So let's say annotations, text to speech, speech to text, I mean. And, um, so that's an expensive process. building up keywords. Really kind of what I'm thinking is, we talked about semantics. What about just simple, a bag of words count? So each 
time we're just going to collect tags, let's say, and associate them with a podcast. Like I said, and then you pay for that. So you have your douchebag, Silicon Valley douchebag tag. And if I want to tag some podcasts like that and pay for it, it's my prerogative. And then let's say um, you were to count all the words and occurrences and all the metadata that you can find. So if you did text the speech and you collected all these words, and then of course, yes, you remove the stop words. <clears throat> so tagging a word as a stop word, that's another thing you can pay for on the name coin, let's say. And um, you put a negative on there. Like it would be global. And then, um, well, what if I have a personal filter and I say, hey, minus sermon. So I put minus sermon, a negative tag, and I have that on my personal group. And other people could, um, now that would be a filter. And other people would, uh, let's say, say they support that. And they also want negative sermon, right? And negative douchebags. And let's say negative advertising. But we don't want that full on. We'll accept some ads. So we'll say negative advertising 25%. So we define this filter. And we say we're going to support that. So that's like a smart contract. So anything that matches that filter will be funded by our pool. And then we're willing to, uh, let's say, spin up EC2 instances with an auto-scaling group that match that pool. Okay? And, um... I guess we're going to get into the question of owning a token. So let's say... That I could set the price for a token, right? Let's say I put in a hundred dollars and I say Silicon Valley douchebags for a hundred bucks, right? And I charge that token up. And then I apply it to a different podcast, which means I'm going to remove it from my filter. I'm just thinking, you know. What if we let the money speak? And if someone wants to remove that token, they'd also have to pay that much money. I mean, I'm just thinking out loud here. That's not really, how would they do it? What's the mechanics of it? I don't know yet. But um, I'm liking the idea of uh, funding the processing by a tag. So we have tags on, let's say, episodes. And we have tags on shows. And we're going to roll up all the episode tags to, um, to a podcast. So once we remove all the stop words, you know, I could add in 
people would vouch and say, yes, this is a DevOps podcast or has episodes that are DevOps, right? And those tags could be associated with actual episodes. So an episode tag could be confirmed by multiple people and then they would, let's say, pay tiny bits of coin to confirm it. So it'd have three plus for that episode to vouch for it. We're talking about micropayments here, right? That fund the blockchain. And then the miners who uh, run CPUs, let's say I could run a CPU processing and I'm doing voice to uh, text and uh, someone said that they're willing to pay for that. So if I do that, I could get claim. Let's say, and then if I have uh, different algorithms like deep speech of this version or this model, um, it produced text with a certain um, accuracy, or uh, what do you call it, confidence level. So that would also affect my payment, the low confidence level score. But if you're willing to pay for deep speech to run, I mean, it's still going to cost you CPU. But if it's producing garbage, you don't want to pay for that. Right? So... If you claim that it's uh, if you're we're getting into, getting into quality issues here now, if you're claiming that it's a good text to speech, speech to text, and it's not, and someone complains about it, oh, well, I guess they could just suggest an improvement, right? For a word, or if it's utter garbage. I mean, sometimes it produces utter garbage. So if it's utter garbage, um, someone could confirm, I mean, and the algorithm says that it's a high confidence level. Then you would either cancel the payment to the person who claimed they did text-to-speech or ask for a rework. And they could be um, uh, you really can't take away a payment on the blockchain but uh, they could have an escrow account or they could uh, be blocked 
but I, I do think you need to have some kind of confirmation. Right? Or some kind of arbiter. So this is where the community could step in and act as an arbiter and, and, and gain money. But also, they, we have to have a trust. Oh, police are coming. Looks like there's some fire emergency. Because they're taking someone to the hospital. Well, that's bright. I guess they don't run their siren at this time of night. <clears throat> so, we get into this whole tr system of trust and trust networks and um, voting. So, let's just start off with And this is kind of what you guys are doing already, where you're saying you're only going to allow people you trust. You're having a weighted system. Basically, you're having a moderated system. So you're moderating who gets to add in podcasts. You say you're not going to have that button on the front page. But what if they would pay you to add in their podcast? Right? And that would pay for someone to do the quality review. And the person who does the quality review would then be also reviewed eventually by someone you trust. And everyone's earning. And community members could also do reviews eventually. And you have a whole system of payment. Look at that raccoon. A raccoon. That was the first time I've seen a raccoon in my walk. Yeah, I see you, raccoon. Ricky the raccoon. So, I think we could get into some kind of base coin. So, let's just say um, that for uh, having a verified identity, let's say know your customer type situation or ring of trust. Let's say people that you know, and I like Keybase like that. Like Keybase has a pretty good system. 
And the thing with a blockchain is that really peer-to-peer can be done. And a Raspberry Pi, right, should be all you need to join the um, system. So you can basically uh, mine the nodes. Have you ever heard of Yasi, which is the uh, distributed peer-to-peer search engine? Like, we could run a Yassi system for search and set up search networks. And there's also, like, library. So there's already been work done in this direction. But, well, I'm kind of going all over the place. So set up a Raspberry Pi. You plug it in. Download the SD card image. And then you're good to go on the network, let's say. And if I want to join the Bible network, well, hey, I'll download that bootstrap from the Bible network, and I'll join their system. And they could have a separate coin, right? And if we talk about free speech, guys, you know, in the end, you're going to have to have a distributed partition system. Because the leftists are never going to want to share the network with the rightists, let's say. So they're going to have to run their own partition networks in the end. And they're never going to agree on anything. Not even labels. Okay. So you choose your camp. And you get your seed file. You put that in. And then your Raspberry Pi will join the network. With other people. And I guess you need some kind of rendezvous system. Where they're going to meet. That could be a chat room. Some point. Where they exchange IP addresses. To bootstrap the network. It could just be an IP address. And um, yeah, I'm assuming you're going to need some kind of reverse proxy system. Some kind of Cloudflare in front. So. Has anyone tried to run Cloudflare on the uh, on your private hosted Raspberry Pi server? Anyway, <clears throat> and then you'd provide services um, in the network, like search, or transcoding, or archival, or all these other things. Or even streaming. Because if you want that web app, on your phone, and you want someone to stream it to you, well, why can't someone stream it to you? Right? Why can't the Raspberry Pi stream it, stream the episode to someone? 
and you have a tiny, you know, peer-to-peer uh, -peer type connection. Like we've got voice chats and we've got pod call. The pod call works as a peer-to-peer, -peer, as a rendezvous server. And that could be very lightweight. I'm sure we could even create a peer-to-peer -peer distributed rendezvous, but in the end, if you know one IP address in the network, you know all of them. Because they're going to share information about who's on the net. Now I'm starting to like Kubernetes as a uh, management system. It's just a detail. But you got Docker images running. I'm not sure if Kubernetes is really distributed enough. I'm going to have to have some more protocols built on top of it to really make it distributed. <clears throat> yeah, so that's kind of my idea. So people who are doing mining, who are doing these operations, are going to be earning coins offset costs people who are consuming will be paying coins people who are producing shows will be earning coins if people listen to them and pay them right so value for value if you're providing value then people will add give you value But we could make it very transactional. And um, this whole thing could run on a Git repository to begin with. The blockchain could be just a Git, Git commit graph. <clears throat> and uh, you log into a server, you do a Git clone on it. I could use key base for keys. Um, and we don't need to actually do the settlements just yet. So what if we... What if we say that the um, these tags and all of these transactions are really just get commits that are signed with GP, GPG. And, you know, validating the signatures and all that as part of the mining, running a node. Even validating someone's, you know, statements <clears throat> about themselves, like claims. And, um, Subscribing to a uh, a podcast is basically paying a small amount. Downloading an episode is paying another small amount. 
tagging it, rating it. I mean, these people are crazy about iTunes. Like, oh, like my show on iTunes. It's like, well, I don't have an Apple account, dude. But they're crazy about that. So if they could tell people, hey, I want you to tip my tip my bit on the podcast index, right? Or bit my tip or whatever. I've got to come up with some lingo. Um, but uh, I'm just saying that there's a settlement layer where you get all these commits and um, now this is all within a project, right? So if you're on the project of Bible study, you know, that's where your Git repository is. And we could definitely host this on GitHub, right? And the commits could be structured data and you've got processors that read that structured data and do something with it. It doesn't matter what form. So you've got some data structures, you've got some consumers that will consume it, right? Semantic web all over again. Link data, web 3.0, it's coming back to haunt you. Um, but we don't need an ontology, right? I mean, when you, as I said before, when you're using Facebook, you're earning a minimum wage job, looking at ads, clicking on things for that free hosting, right? That's your job. And your payment is your free hosting. And, um, what if people want to uh, get paid to earn coin by looking at ads? And they could earn coin by checking out websites. And people want to pay people to look at ads and pay people to check out websites. I mean, I've got products. I want to sell them. If you match my target audience, if you're in my demographic, sure. I will pay to tell you about it and you can earn while listening. Why not? It's a transaction. Who says it's wrong? So I'm not saying I'm precluding advertising or advocating for advertising. I'm saying advertising serves an actual purpose, fulfills a need, which is products need to be marketed, they need to be brought out to the market. And if I'm podcasting about a topic and it's tagged and people like it, well, some of those people might be interested in ads and some of those people might be interested in ads of a certain type and they might be willing to earn these coins 
by listening to ads at the rate that they agree to as part of the feed and it could be a transaction there and other people just want to pay their dollars for their feed so when we get to the settlement layer we have all these transactions we have people saying well that was a good podcast that was a bad podcast um and basically we could just sum everything up and then come up with like draw a line and say okay well this person did podcasting and was popular this person provided infrastructure and was good um this person donated money this person needs money and we could settle it based upon the transactions in the system into a settlement layer uh, at any point right because you're earning these goodwill tokens in the transaction systems and then when cash comes in those that cash could be distributed based on your settlement score right like a percentage based upon your goodwill let's say and your need for it some people will say I'm doing this and I don't want money right some people say hey I need money so you know you're also gonna say what you need and then people will throw in resources to the common good and then the settlement system on a regular basis would then settle these settle those um, those things and unify them bring them together so we don't actually need to do the settlement every single second right? Let's say you set aside some money in escrow. Or you say, here, I have this uh, silver coin and I want to put it in the pool. But you can't really split that silver coin up. And to ship it, it's going to take delivery, right? But let's say you set that aside and then people vouch for you, say that person's trustworthy, right? Or someone else could stop by and say they've seen the coin. And then eventually it could be determined that this person's gonna get that coin. And then you ship it, and that costs money, and the shipment's another transaction. And they have to buy gasoline, or they walk, and they need food. So, have other microtransactions. And um, everything ties together. In some accounting system. And eventually someone's going to get that coin. But. Do we need money? Do we need a bank to do that? And um, does that cryptocurrency need to actually uh, be tether based or dollar based? Right? It could be completely barter. Like I could be producing tomatoes and someone needs tomatoes. 
So this kind of gets back into some of my talks on microessential, <clears throat> curb crate, and I got podcasts on all of this. But I can just recap. Well, swipe to deploy as well. So, I mean, if we frame everything in terms of running Raspberry Pis in a distributed session, then even calling functions like lambdas, that could be done. Providing functions to the network could be provisioned on Raspberry Pis. Um, Especially if they're well-known functions and trusted. <clears throat> and some people might be willing to run less trusted code. For money. On their computers. So... Microcentral businesses are ones that produce essential goods and services, and um, those are points of value on this network. Uh, the curb crate idea is the idea of delivering wholesale stuff to distribution points. Someone said it was like Amway. So you would drop a crate on someone's curb and then they would distribute it to their neighbors so you get rid of the whole Amazon distribution centers really or make them smaller and you could have some kind of peer-to-peer -peer or grouping structures um, and swipe to the deploy was the idea that you could have micro functions that are deployed um, and that people could have a phone that they would use to run their whole business and swipe things into deployment, into production, and have uh, dudes named Ben in the background running around implementing their functions, and that they would be able to manage their whole business from their phone, because that's what my wife does. So. Those are some ideas, just throwing them out there, but um, I like this idea of the, uh, of the git commit history and the value functions there. Now, not everything has to be git, and git's not the best protocol for everything. I'm sure there's better protocols. Um, but yeah. So, I think uh, if you started up a server, you could then issue tokens to people who you trust, and then they could give tokens to other people that they trust and create a trust network that way. Um, so it's like seeding the network. 
Um, and that's basically what you're doing with the uh, Mastodon server. You're basically issuing tokens of trust, of compute, to people uh, that uh, are members of the small community. And it's really small because it's also limited in terms of knowledge, like not everyone knows about it, so visibility. Um, yeah, so I think we should uh, not try and pretend we don't have a bias and we're not selecting. We should celebrate our bias and celebrate our diversity and say, hey, I don't want to listen to Silicon Valley douchebags, right? And they don't want to listen to me either. They just cut me off in the interview. And I don't want to work with them. So, and they just want to work with me. So we can agree to disagree, you know? Um, and I don't want to have to listen to Apple fanboys talk about their podcast, on their podcasts. And they don't want to hear me talk about crap for hours. So everyone can agree to disagree. And we can celebrate our differences, let's say, and go our own ways and find our own communities of value um, and share those tokens of trust, build up our networks, pool our resources, and in the end, these networks will be producing value for everybody because as a side effect, they could be publishing data to the central repository, right? Sharing some metadata, some tags, some information about podcasts. But the core infrastructure is only for that group that's interested. And the side effect is that everyone can benefit from it. They can go to archive.org after it's been processed because really the hard part is hosting the infrastructure and getting everything running and paying for all of that and and really the, it's the it's the it's the, the neurons you, know, you need the neurons to add meaning to the system because the computer doesn't have meaning there is no semantic web there is no ontology there is no meaning in the computer only the things only the humans give meaning to something right it's the inside-out theory I talked about on my podcast where the survival function in taking action in the world assigns meaning to something So by fulfilling your needs, you give meaning to it. And it means something to you. It has value to you. So it's got to fulfill some need. Some survival need or some indirect need. And entertainment, I guess, is a need. Distraction. They say in the um, Marcuse, the critical theory, 
saying that the um, workers in America need that distraction to distract them from their horrible jobs, to disassociate, to make their miserable lives somehow 